Let us pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, what is to come is not my words but yours. May they flow from you through me, O Lord, and may we be blessed by the words that are presented today. It was a long time ago and a long way away. The man had been dead and buried for 40 years, sleeping in his grave. Then one day, the gray day, was the peace was broken in the church graveyard in Letterworth, England. A strange group approached a certain plot with shovels in their hands. Gathering around the grave, clergymen ordered the diggers to exhume the remains of John Wycliffe, a much-loved priest and highly esteemed scholar who had died in 1384. His exhumed bodies were then burned and the ashes scattered in the River Swift. So what exactly had John Wycliffe done to earn the ire of the Church of Rome? Why were they so intent on ridding his bones from the earth? Well, what he had done was to speak the truth and provide the word of God to the people in their native tongue. A century before the birth of Martin Luther, Wycliffe had proclaimed, Trust wholly in Christ. Rely altogether on his sufferings. Beware of seeking to be justified in any other way than by his righteousness. Wycliffe knew and understood the power of scripture and was determined to provide it in the common language rather than in Latin only. And we talked this morning in Sabbath school about in the early Roman Catholic Church, the Bible was written in Latin, it was chained to the wall, and only the priest could read it. Wycliffe faced fierce opposition in carrying forward his work. He explained that Englishmen learn Christ's law best in English. Moses heard God's law in his own tongue, so did Christ's apostles. And we all need to hear the gospel message in our own languages. The Wycliffe Bible has had a great influence and has given thousands of people around the world direct access to God's word. John Fox, an author, wrote, Though they digged up his body, burned his bones, and drowned his ashes, yet the word of God and the truth of his doctrine, with the fruit and success thereof, they could not burn which yet to this day remains. And I recall one commentator saying, when they burned his bones and threw them into the river Swift, this meant that the spirit of John Wycliffe was going out to the ocean and all around the world. And that is true. Another gifted scholar was William Tyndale, who is fluent in eight languages and is perhaps the best well-known Bible translator, as well as being a martyr. He lived in 16th century England. He was familiar with Wycliffe's Bible, and although it was banned, manuscript copies were available on the black market, but expensive and hard to find. So Tyndale decided that he would do his own translation of the Bible into English. The difference was that Tyndale translated from the original Greek rather than Latin, as Wycliffe had done. Because of religious persecution in England at the time, Tyndale traveled to Germany, where the Reformation was, of course, well underway, and completed a German translation of the scriptures. 
Tyndale worked quickly, and by 1525, copies of his New Testament were smuggled into England. The religious leaders, of course, were furious that they could not stop the spread of God's word. Meanwhile, Tyndale worked on translating the Old Testament while still living in Europe. He translated and published half of the Old Testament before he was betrayed. He was imprisoned for more than 500 days in a castle near Brussels. Before he was removed from his cell in October 1536, tied to a stake in the castle courtyard and strangled with a thick chain around his neck before his body was burned. What was so precious about Scripture that they and many others were willing to suffer and die? Let me ask you a question. Is God's word as important today as it was then? Can we say that with a little enthusiasm? (laughs) Amen. The Bible, of course, is now widely available. It has the distinction of being the world's best-selling book. It is certainly the most translated book in the world. Individual books of Scripture have been translated into almost 3,000 different languages. The entire New Testament is available in 1,300 languages, and the complete Bible itself has been translated into 553 languages. But, as we know, despite its widespread availability, the Bible is probably one of the least read books that we have around. Certainly, I read a survey recently that said the average Christian, however this survey defined Christian, has five Bibles in their houses. But do they read five Bibles? Do they even read one? Certainly other surveys demonstrate that most people don't read the Bible or any one of the five Bibles that they might have in their house. While persecution for owning a Bible still occurs in some places, in most of the world we are able to read our Bibles if we wish, but attacks on Scripture are more subtle are more pernicious. Satan works in different ways. One of the attacks on the Bible is something associated with the kind of postmodernism we hear, where truth is not absolute, but relative. What it says is that the reader himself or herself is to decide what is and is not important, what is and is not trustworthy, and what can be accepted and what can be set aside. Readers put themselves above Scripture because we, the readers, are deciding what is important. God is left aside. What God considers important is less important than what we consider important. Another attack is the insinuation or the belief that you have to be a scholar in in order to understand the Bible. Otherwise, it is claimed by some, you can obtain only a surface understanding. And this goes well back to the Roman Catholic Church traditions, which claim that only the priests of the church are capable of interpreting scripture. But of course, its influence is felt in other kinds of philosophies. Certainly, part of the Gnostic belief is that they are a particular group which has a deep understanding of the Bible, and the rest of you are others who, of course, cannot understand the Bible, unless we in this special group share our deep understanding with you. That is false. God has promised in his word, 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. From James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So why is Scripture so important? Well, we could spend a whole afternoon discussing that, but let's briefly look at three of the many reasons. First, the Bible reveals God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through God's Word, we learn about Him. It shows how God deals with the problems of sin, Now he longs to reconcile us to himself. It reveals his mercy, his creativity, his majesty, his justice, his holy plans. As it says in Amos 3.7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. The first fundamental belief of the Seventh-day Adventist Church states, The Holy Scriptures... Old and New Testaments are the written word of God given by divine inspiration. The inspired authors spoke and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In this word, God has committed to humanity the knowledge necessary for salvation. The Holy Scriptures are the supreme, authoritative, and infallible revelation of His will. They are the standard of character, the test of experience, the definite revealer of doctrines, and the trustworthy record of God's acts in history. God's word is also truth. John 14.6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In his prayer to his Father, recorded in John 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. When Jesus was confronted by religious leaders who were angry because he claimed to be the Son of God, Jesus went to Scripture for authority. We read in John 5, between verses 37 and 45, not the whole text, The Father himself who sent me has testified of me. But you do not have his word abiding you. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Scripture, Jesus affirms, testifies of him. The whole Bible is about Jesus. We mentioned in a previous Sabbath that some people don't like the Old Testament, but the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, speaks of Jesus Christ and his coming and his salvation. So read the Old Testament, not just the New. Scripture reveals God's divine purposes and plans and explains how sin entered the world. They reveal God's response to sin and his relationship with human beings, and gives insight into his character and his nature. Scripture is instructive. 
The Bible is the most comprehensive and instructive history which we possess. It came fresh from the fountain of eternal truth, and a divine hand has preserved its purity through all ages. In God's word alone, we find a full account of creation. Here we behold a power that laid the foundation of the earth. Here we find a history unsullied by our own imperfections, our prejudices, our opinions, our pride. The Bible, like Jesus, rises above any culture, any nation, any belief, any personal pride or opinion. It reveals to us the truth about ourselves, about our world and beyond. It teaches us how to have a genuine relationship with God and with one another, equally important, and gives us powerful promises that we may have and live a consistent spiritual life. A great work is done by presenting to the people the Bible just as it reads. Take the Bible as it is. Ask God for enlightenment and then gladly accept what he tells you and abide by the consequences of following him. Scripture is a safeguard. While on earth the subject of Christ's teaching and preaching was the word of God, we are told Christ's servants are to do the same work. In our day, as of old, the vital truths of God's word are set aside for human theories and speculation. Many professed ministers of the gospel do not accept the whole Bible as the inspired word. Many professed ministers of the gospel preach falsehoods. They set up their judgment, their human judgment, as superior to the word of God. And the scripture which they do teach rests upon their opinions rather than the authority of God. The divine authenticity of the Bible is questioned. Thus the seeds of infidelity are sown, for people can become confused and know not what to believe. Christ taught us that the word of God was to be understood by all, read and understood by each and every individual. He pointed to the scriptures as an unquestionable authority, and we should look to the scripture for the same unquestionable authority. The Bible is the word of God and is the end of all controversy and the foundation of all faith. As we remember faithful martyrs who died for their belief rather than sacrifice themselves and sacrifice themselves rather than the scripture and as we remember that in some parts of the world people still die because of their belief and faith in God and the what they attach to the word of God as we remember them let us treasure teach and preach the mighty living word of God until Jesus comes and may we be able to say as David said the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thank you and God bless.